0: Have of offering backs in the back. <laughs> Although I feel like now's a great time to ask the ushers to come forward. <laughs> really appreciate uh, very much. I feel like General Douglas MacArthur, who said, "I shall return." <laughs> well, I have at least for today. Tim is going to come back uh, for a couple of weeks. Look at Second Peter, and then we're going to begin a uh, study of Daniel. And I'm really looking forward to that, uh, diving into that Old Testament book, the book of Daniel. But I uh, really appreciate so much your prayers on my behalf. I know if you have been on the receiving end of the prayers of the saints here at Fellowship Bible Church, you know how much we appreciate it, and um, it means it means a lot. It really does. So thank you so much for praying. So, Happy New Year, 2024. I don't know, are you anticipating, is there something you're looking forward to in this year? Maybe this coming year is the year that you plan that special um, once-in-a-lifetime trip. You know, it was on your bucket list. You've saved up your money. This is the year it's going to be. Maybe maybe this coming year is the year that um, you're going to get married. (laughs) Maybe this is the year you're going to retire. What, What are you looking forward to? This is the year maybe you're going to graduate from college or you're going to get healthy, or you're, this is the year you're going to get out of debt. Or maybe this is the year that you're going to welcome that first baby into your home, or that first grandchild. What, what are you anticipating? What, what's, what's looming this year that you are really excited about and looking forward to? I want to remind you what happened in Acts chapter 1. We studied the book of Acts, you know, this last year. But in Acts chapter 1, two angels came on the Mount of Olives, and, um, and this is what they said. It's recorded in Acts chapter 1, verse 9, and after he had said these things, he was lifted up while they were looking on, and a cloud received him out of their sight, and as they were gazing intently into the sky while he was going, behold, two men in white clothing stood beside him. And they also said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into the sky? This Jesus who has been taken up from you into heaven will come in just the same way as you have watched him go into heaven. The promise from Scripture, promise from the two angels, Jesus is coming again. Jesus is coming again. Now, that promise is found throughout all of Scripture. Uh, It was always there. The the writers of the the New Testament seem to always want to remind their their readers, their listeners, Jesus is going to come again. And when I think of what the angel said, I think, especially when we begin a new year, could this be the year that Christ returns? Could this be the year that Christ returns? All throughout the New Testament, we're reminded that He's coming again. So let me just walk through some, some passages of Scripture that do that, that remind us that. So, for instance, 1 Corinthians chapter 1. To the church of God, which is at Corinth, to those who have been sanctified in Christ Jesus, saints by calling, who are, he says, awaiting eagerly the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will also confirm you to the end, blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's coming again. Or 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we will be changed. It's going to happen. It's coming. Or check out the book of Philippians chapter 3. Our citizenship is in heaven from which also we eagerly wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ who will transform the body of our humble state into conformity with the body of his glory. Eagerly awaiting the coming of Christ. Or in Colossians Colossians chapter 3, when Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. Paul reminds the Colossian church, he's coming again. And when he's revealed, you also will be revealed with him in glory. Or he wrote this to the Thessalonian church, for who is our hope or joy or crown of exaltation? Is it not even you in the presence of our Lord Jesus at his coming? For you are our glory, you are our joy. It was ever-present on the mind of, the, of uh, the Apostle Paul, and he conveyed it to his readers. Jesus Christ is going to be revealed one day. Or the famous First Thessalonians chapter 4, For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. And then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Constant reminders. The Lord is coming again. This is what he wrote to his friend Timothy. I charge you in the presence of God who gives life to all things and of Christ Jesus who, testifies the good confession before, who testified the good confession before Pontius Pilate that you keep the commandment without stain or reproach until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he will bring about at the proper time. He's coming again. Or in his second letter to Timothy, he wrote this, I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course, I have kept the faith, and in the future there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness." which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, but not only to me, but also to all who love his appearing. It was ever on the mind of the New Testament writers. Christ is coming again. He wrote this to Titus. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men and instructing us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires and to live sensibly, righteously, and godly in the present age while looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus. He's coming again. The writer of the book of Hebrews said this, So Christ also, having offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time for salvation, without reference to sin, to those who eagerly, eagerly await him. James wrote this, Therefore be patient, brethren, Until the coming of the Lord, the former waits for the precious produce of the soil, being patient about it until it gets the early and late rains. But you too be patient, strengthen your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is near. Or the Apostle Peter, he wrote this, therefore prepare your minds for action, keep sober in spirit, and fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Or how about the Apostle John? He put it this way. Now, little children, abide in him so that when he appears, we may have confidence and not shrink away from him in shame at his coming. Or he said this in chapter 3. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it's not appeared as yet what we will be, yet we know that when he appears, we will be like him because we will see him just as he is ever present on the mind of the early church Jesus is coming again and in that last book of the New Testament John wrote this behold he's coming with the clouds and every eye will see him even those who pierced him and all the tribes of the earth will mourn over him so it is to be amen the second to the last verse in the New Testament John wrote this He who testified to these things says, Yes, I am coming quickly. And John said, Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Over and over again in the Scriptures, there is this reminder, Jesus is coming again. It's it's like the, the writers, empowered by the Holy Spirit, God was trying to inform the believing community, keep looking up. I'm coming again, and my coming is near. Lord Jesus, Maranatha, come quickly. So, so what do we do with this? I, you know, I've, I've, I've known Jesus ever since I was a little kid, growing up in a Christian home, and I remember hearing the stories of Jesus' return ever since I was a little kid. In fact, that was what kind of spurned me to put my trust in Christ as a little kid. Because I thought, you know, Jesus is coming again, and my mom and dad are going to go to heaven. And as hard as it was for me to believe, my older sister was going to go to heaven. <laughs> but I needed to put my trust in Jesus. And um, so, so, so what do we do with this information? What difference should it make? Well, take your Bibles with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. I want to spend a little bit of time here, <clears throat> and if we have time, a little bit of extra time and. In Romans chapter 13 1st uh, Thessalonians chapter 5 now, I can't get into all the details here as much as uh, we would like to a lot of really good stuff here in 1st Thessalonians chapter 5 a lot of this we will talk about when we study the book of Daniel so hold on and when we get to the book of Daniel we'll dive more deeply into some of these things but this is what Paul wrote to the Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 1 let's just walk through this first 11 verses he says, now, as to the times and the epochs, brethren, you have no need of anything to be written to you. It's the same phrase, by the way, that uh, Jesus said to the disciples in Acts chapter 1. It's not for you to know the times of the epochs that the Father is fixed. You just be my witnesses. Well, some time has gone on, uh, some years, some new revelation. Paul is now writing uh, to the Thessalonian church, and he says, uh, you know, you believers at Thessalonica, uh, you, you don't have any need for people to write to you, anything new about the times and the epochs. You know. For you yourselves know full well, verse 2, that the day of the Lord will come just like a thief in the night. They've been taught this. Now, the, again, we'll get into this when we study the book of Daniel. But the day of the Lord is a kind of a technical phrase. It was an understanding of the, of the um, breaking into our world of God. At a time, at the end of the age, of great judgment, a great tribulation, but also of great blessing. It's a technical term, the day of the Lord, and it's coming. And Paul is telling the Thessalonians, uh, you know this full well. And when it comes, it's going to surprise everybody. It's like a thief in the night. And while they, now notice the change of prepositions. You, verse 2, he's writing to the believing church in Thessalonica. You know full well that this day of the Lord is going to come like a thief in the night, while they are saying, he's talking about the unsaved world. They're saying, peace and safety, and then destruction will come upon them suddenly, like, like labor pains upon a woman with child, and they will not escape. But you, brethren, you're not in darkness that the day would overtake you like a thief. For you are all sons of light, sons of the day. We're not of the night. We're we're not of darkness. There's something different. We're we're born again. We're new creations in Christ. We're of the day. So then, if that's true, and it is, as believers in Jesus Christ, you know Jesus Christ is your personal Savior. Something, Something defines us. We are people of the day. So then, verse 6, let us not sleep as others do, but let's be alert and sober. It's a shocking reality that people of the day, born-again followers of Jesus Christ, can actually live a life of spiritual lethargy, can actually fall asleep, as it were. Can uh, kind of lose track of, of time, snooze, as it were, all the, while the world goes by. And the exhortation is so then, let us not sleep as others do, but let us be alert and sober. For those who sleep do their sleeping at night, and those who get drunk get drunk at night. But since we are of the day, let us be sober. Let's be clear headed, let's be alert having put on the breastplate of faith and love and the helmet of the hope of salvation, faith, hope, and love. And then he says, For God has not destined us for wrath, but for obtaining salvation, deliverance, rescuing, through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, so that while we are awake or asleep, we will live together with Him. Therefore, encourage one another, build one another up, just as you also are doing. I love the way uh, the old writer Warren Wearsby we put it. He says, Wake up, clean up, and dress up. Let us not sleep. Let us be sober. Let us be aware. Let's be situationally aware. Let's keep, let's keep our eyes towards the sky. Let's be cognizant of the fact that Jesus, over and over again, the New Testament writers over and over again said, He's coming. He's coming soon. So be aware of that. Let's be aware. Let's be awake. Let's, let's, let's understand that uh, Christ is coming again. And let's clean up our act. Let those who sleep, do their sleep at the night. Those who get drunk, get drunk in the night. But we're not the day. If we know Jesus Christ as our Savior, let us be aware. Let us be sober. Let us be diligent-minded. Let's put on the breastplate of let's live faithfully. Let us live lovingly. Let us live in light of the hope of our our coming salvation. Let's not get depressed and discouraged about what's happening in this world. Let's cinch up that hope of salvation and realize that the world is going to hell in a handbasket. Jesus is coming again. And we of all people have hope. No matter what this world, no matter what this year brings. Live with that understanding. Be sober. Live with faith and love and hope. And then he said, be mindful that we are not destined for wrath. We're not destined for this coming day of great tribulation when God's wrath is going to be poured out. We'll talk about that when we get to the book of Daniel. He's going to rescue us. And he talked about that in the previous chapter, chapter 4. Trump of the Lord is going to sound, and the den of Christ will rise, and we who are alive will be caught up together with them in the clouds, and we'll meet the Lord in the air. No, he is not destined us for wrath, but for obtaining this deliverance, this salvation, through our Lord Jesus Christ. So encourage one another. Build one another up, he says. Be a part of the body of Christ. Don't be a lone ranger Christian. Don't isolate yourself this coming year. We need each other because we need to be reminded He's coming soon. Now, turn with me to the book of Romans, where Paul says something very, very similar. Book of Romans. Wake up, clean up, dress up. The Lord's coming back. Romans 13. Romans 13, verse 11. Now, in the context of this passage, back in verse 8, he tells us, oh, no man anything but the love. Um, He says, all the commandments, verse 9, are summed up in this saying, love your neighbor as yourself. And he says in verse 10, love does no wrong to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfillment of the law. And he calls us as believers to be marked by love. And then he says in verse 11, do this, be loving, do this, knowing the time. That it is already the hour for you to awaken from sleep, for now salvation is nearer to us than when we first believed. Let's be loving. Let's awaken from our our slothfulness or our sleepfulness. Let's, Let's awaken and turn our eyes to each other. Let's be mindful of each other. Let's care for one another. Let's be a part of the body of Christ. Let's be giving, caring, loving people. The whole law is summed up in that. Love one another. If we've got grudges against one another, let's deal with it. If you have got tension in the home, let's deal with it. Let's let 2024 be the year that we settle some of these things because we're being called to do this, to, to be awake, to live as if Christ is going to return in 2024. Do this, knowing the time, that it is already the hour for you to awaken from sleep out of spiritual sluggishness. Be spiritually ready. Be alert. Why? Because salvation, deliverance, this rescue, this coming of the Lord is near to us than when we believed. And then he says in verse 12, the night is almost gone. And the day is near. Therefore, let us lay aside, lay aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. And let us, verse 13, behave properly as in the day, not in carousing or drunkenness, not in sexual promiscuity or sensuality, not in strife or jealousy. You know, over and over again in the New Testament, uh, believers, true born-again, heaven-bound believers are cautioned and told not to do a whole lot of things. If you you want to know what a, we've said this many times, if you want to know what a born-again Christian is capable of doing, read everything in the New Testament that tells us not to do something. Gives us a pretty good idea what we're capable of doing, just like he's doing here. Let's behave properly, as in the day. We're people of the day. If you know Jesus as your Savior, we're born again, blood-bought, We are people of the day, not people of the night, so let's act like people of the day. Let's behave properly, not carousing in drunkenness, not in sexual promiscuity, and sensuality, not in strife and jealousy. You mean Christians actually do that stuff? Yeah, they do. And unless you live in a bubble world, you probably know some people that are struggling with these things. And the exhortation is, you know, the night is almost over this time of darkness this time that this whole world is in the grip of the evil one and he's having his way and he's having the sway in the world and there's a lot of evil that's taking place well that day that night is almost over and the day is almost here so wake up clean up dress up put on he says put on Um, the, the armor of light and he says and lastly in verse 14 and put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh in regard to its, to its flesh, to its desires, to its lusts um, he's coming again 2024 may be the year that we either go home to glory or he comes back And over and over again in the New Testament, the writers are telling us, we need to be aware of that. We need to live every day with the fact that He could come today. Many of you know that I grew up in a small, uh, little rural community in uh, northeast Nebraska. The little town of Bancroft, Nebraska. 33 in my graduating class. We had our 50th graduation uh, reunion uh, this year. I I never made it, but... uh, there were 33 of us. Well, there were, of those 33, 12 of us started in kindergarten together. Now, I, I have a pretty good memory. I don't remember everything about kindergarten, but I do remember that our <clears throat> kindergarten teacher, Mrs. Loreger, who was a very imposing woman, a very stern, larger-than-life woman. In fact, she was the, kind of a kindred heart to Mrs. Trunchable of Matilda fame. You know what I mean. <clears throat> and every morning in kindergarten, I can't remember when, 10 o'clock, whenever it was, she would have all us little kindergartners, or 12 of us, put her head down on her desk like this and wait very quietly while she left the room to go get the snacks down in the kitchen for snack time. Now, my buddy Marlon Vogt and I, <clears throat> five year olds, Uh, we had this thing figured out, and we had it down cold. Because she'd be gone about 10 minutes, and it's very hard for two five-year-old boys to do this for 10 minutes when they're all a bunch of toys to play with. And while all our other little classmates were obedient with their heads down like that, Marlon and I had this thing figured out that we can get up and play until we heard the clip-clop-clip-clop of the combat boots coming down the wooden, the wooden uh, floor of our old uh, school. Now, Mrs. Loreger would tell us, I'm coming back with the snacks. Keep your head down on the desk, and they better be there when I return. But we could always hear the clip-clop, clip-clop of her coming down the hallway. It gave us enough time to get back to our seats and angelic-like, Put her head down on her desk. Wonderful memories. We were prepared for her coming. (laughs) I don't know if that's a great illustration of the Lord's coming, but when you're sitting home recovering from surgery, these are the things you remember. He's coming again. It says, the night is almost gone. The day is near. Paul gives us those three exhortations that should characterize every believer. Again, verse 12 lay aside the deeds of darkness, put them aside, stop sinning. We're children of light, live like it. Put on that armor of light. Ephesians chapter 6, you know, recognize we're in a spiritual war. So let's be prepared this year to do battle, put on that armor. And verse 13, walk carefully, behave decently, properly. What what is more reasonable? What should be more urgent for us in this coming year? This could be the year the Lord returns. But in verse 14, I think Paul sums it all up when he says, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh. Clothe yourself yourself with him. If there's one thing that I pray will happen in my life and I pray for this church is that we will grow ever closer to the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, we did it this morning as Marlon let us in communion. We were putting on the Lord Jesus Christ, right? We were remembering what, what he did for us of his love, we, that we were actually putting him on. It, it's the idea of coming before him and saying, Lord, I can't live this Christian life. I can't do these things. I can't um, behave properly. I I don't have it within me. And so Paul is saying, so put on Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, appropriate His power and His strength. Live in the daily understanding, Lord, as as we get out of bed every morning, put our foot down on that floor, uh, and and we begin to go through our daily activity. We go through it with a mindset, Lord, I need thee every hour. Every hour I need thee. I'm helpless without you. Lord, I'm going I want to put you on. I want you to 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 uh, cover my life. I want you to flow through me. Lord, I need you today. Because maybe today I'll see you face to face. This is the seriousness, folks, that we need to approach 2024. We've been given a new year. And it's a new opportunity to do what? To clean up, to wake up, to dress up, to allow Jesus Christ to flow through us and change us. A new year has begun. We don't know what's going to happen, we don't know what tomorrow's going to bring but I do think it's wise for us to ask ourselves the questions how spiritually awake are we today? Have we kind of slipped into a little bit of a dreamland? Caught up in the emotions of a world gone mad of a coming crazy election year? Are we caught up in the the things of this world wake up says Paul are we keeping an eye towards heaven are we living in light of the fact that Jesus said I'm coming again living in light of the fact that the angels told the disciples this Jesus who went up this way he's coming again the same way he came he left he's coming again does a heart of Christ like love permeate us 2024 is going to be a great year, starting today, to maybe improve on some relationships within our home, within our church family maybe, or coworkers, as we put on Jesus Christ and let His love flow through us? Are we appropriating God's resources to live the Christian life in power and in boldness, in faith and love? And in the hope of our salvation. Believer in Jesus Christ, it's time to wake up. It's time to clean up. It's kind of time to dress up. Because this could be the year that Jesus Christ returns. Now, I kind of hope he waits till we get through the book of Daniel. <laughs> because I'm looking forward to getting into that book but if the Lord wants to come this afternoon, I will not be disappointed. We're going to take a few moments as we close, just a few moments quietly, to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. He loves to talk to us. And um, maybe there's something that we need to wake up over. Maybe there's something we Need to clean up. Maybe we have been dressing in our own clothes, living the Christian life in our own power and our own strength. And I just want to take a closing few moments to quietly have you bow your heads and let the Holy Spirit speak to your heart as we begin this 2024. Where do we need to get right with the Lord? Would you please bow your head just for quiet for a few moments? Our Father, we are so grateful to gather like this freely and as a body of believers and brothers and sisters in Christ to worship you, to remember what you've done for us. There might be people here, Father, this morning who have yet to really settle the issue of eternity. Before we can wake up and clean up and dress up with Jesus, we have to receive the free gift of eternal life. We've remembered it this morning and been reminded that Lord Jesus, you came into this world for the express purpose of paying the penalty of our sin you died in our behalf your blood was shed you sacrificed your life you did what we couldn't do and by so doing you fulfilled and you satisfied the father's requirement of a sin payment You set us free from that. You rose again, Lord Jesus, from the dead. You offer us the free gift of eternal life by simply believing that wonderful good news message. God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. I pray, Father, if there's anybody here who has not settled that, they can you'd open their heart right now to respond in faith. Help them to see how simple it is, how easy it is to simply say, Yes, I believe that for me. Jesus, you did all the work. It cost you everything, a costly sacrifice to give freely the gift of eternal life for us. But Father, <clears throat> I would assume the vast majority of us in this room this morning know you. We've put our faith in you. And I know how easy it is, Father, to get caught up in uh, just daily living, Lord. The busyness of life. Uh, work, family, obligations, Fun, entertainment, leisure, caught up in a crazy world and a political year and all these things, Father. And uh, instead of the world growing strangely dim, it's easy for you to grow strangely dim in our life. As we begin this new year, Father, um, speak to our hearts, stir within us a desire to wake up, to deal with issues in our life that really need some dealing with, to clean up. And most important of all, to put you on every day, to live in the vitality, the energy, the power that you say you have provided for us. Help us to grow closer to you, our Lord, our Savior. And then, Father, as we leave here today, help us to look up. Because this could be the year you come back. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.